Are you looking to reach your full potential and achieve success in business and in life? Want only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times bestselling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our Power Chat starts now. Welcome to the 46th episode of Five Questions with Dan Bell. As your host, my goal is to create the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is the founder of Girlboss Media and author of Girlboss, Sophia Amoruso. Born in San Diego, California, Sophia was raised in the Greek Orthodox Church and later dropped out of school and began homeschooling after being diagnosed with ADHD and depression. Her first few jobs were working at a subway restaurant, a bookstore, and a record shop. After she graduated from high school, her parents got divorced, which led to her living a nomadic lifestyle, including hitchhiking, dumpster diving, and stealing. At age 22, she opened an eBay store called Nasty Gal Vintage, which then led to launching a Nasty Gal retail store of her own. Nasty Gal grew to a $23 million company in just three years. She then wrote the bestseller Girl Boss, which was later adapted into a Netflix series. Then, between 2015 and 2016, she stepped down as the CEO of Nasty Gal, filed Chapter 11, until the company was then bought in 2017. Then she launched Girlboss Media with content geared to a female audience, which recently turned into a networking platform. Our last interview was four years ago, so it was great to catch up with Sophia to better understand what she's been through and how she's overcome obstacles to push forward in her life. Sophia, mental health is one of the most important yet misunderstood topics in our culture. How did being diagnosed with depression and ADHD in your childhood affect you? You know, I was a really willful child who... (laughs) who had very little, I think, regard for authority. And when I was told that when I was younger, my response was, well, I'm in the wrong environment. This isn't the place for me. And that may well have been true. And it was. High school was an awful, awful place to be. But it was also true. Um, And that's something that's taken me another 15 years of my life to accept and to work through and to find treatment for. ADD, as an entrepreneur, I think it's probably pretty common. And maybe I'm jumping around here and, and just displaying like my my ADD to you, but it allows us to jump from from idea to idea and find peripheries and like asymmetries that others may not find because they do think so in such a linear fashion. Um, so it's been a little bit of a superpower for me, but it's also something that has challenged me as a leader an entrepreneur and pretty much every part of my life. But the conversation about mental health is extremely important. And it really does feel like there's a lot more conversations happening um, and destigmatization happening that uh, feels really good. And there's a lot of progress so that people like me don't instantly reject that I've been diagnosed with something like ADD or depression. But okay, great, then let's, let's accept that and move forward. You've had many ups and downs as an entrepreneur. What was your lowest point? And how did you recover from it? The lowest point of my career was not when Nasty Gal filed for Chapter 11. 
it was not the six months prior to that when my <laughs> husband left me. Um, it was when the Netflix series came out. So there was a Netflix series about my life called Girl Boss, which was I loved, which was awesome. So it wasn't the series itself. It was like the compounding hubris that had accumulated from, you know, the time we'd had our first layoffs and there were headlines from the time that Nasty Gal filed and there were headlines from the person I was when I wrote the book. Um, all this speculation about who I was as a person, real, real things happening in the real world. And then, you know, four months after Nasty Gal ended a Netflix series coming out, which was a scripted comedy uh, produced by Charlize Theron. And it was great. It was really great. Um, but it was a girl it was, it was scripted. So there was a girl who was kind of like me, but not really like me. So the whole world was like, who is she? Is she really like that? And it was also really, really confusing for me personally in terms of my identity, because it was a Netflix series being streamed into 100 million homes in 195 countries telling the story of a girl who I was 10 years prior at 22 years old, starting an eBay store, when for the first time, you know, since then, I was starting over and not selling fashion, not involved with Nasty Gal. So right after my career, you know, as, as a fashion in fashion ended, or after I left Nasty Gal, basically, there was a PR campaign for who I was 10 years prior, it was really, it was really like murky to sort through, um, psychologically and personally. Why do you believe that we need to promote our personalities, not just our resumes when searching for a job? And how can we do this? I think it's so important that we represent not just what we do when we present ourselves in the, in the world, but you know, on professional networking platforms, but who we are as well, because we're actually all trading on that in a way. It benefits us. Employers want to know more about us than just our resumes. And so many of us don't fit into the typical resume archetype. And even if we do, even if we have the pedigree and we're coming up the traditional career path, we have other aspirations and maybe we have other talents that could contribute to getting a job or to meeting other people and collaborating with them that wouldn't fit on a typical resume on a typical professional networking site. You could also be a side hustler or a freelancer or thinking about changing careers. And none of those things are really acceptable to place in a traditional resume. Um, and it's a world where we're not LinkedIn Monday through Friday and Instagram Saturday and Sundays. It's a, it's a new era of work. Uh, and it's important that the social platforms that allow us to connect about our professional interests and with employers represent what that future of work looks like. Part of my commitment with this podcast is interview a lot of successful women, yourself included now. Women have always been underrepresented in leadership roles. How can women break the glass ceiling and what can men do to help? It's pretty institutional where women are today in terms of you know, the hierarchy, how fast we move through our careers, how fast we're promoted, how much money we make, because women don't negotiate their salaries in their first job as much as men do. And so that actually sets us back um, from the beginning of our careers. And so it becomes this very systemic issue. Um, women, women should be speaking up. Women should be demanding that their employers embrace uh, who they are and creating workplaces that embrace them. And the best thing men can do is ask questions and say, hey, you know, how can, how can I do better? How can I support you better? Um, to let a woman finish speaking in a meeting, um, to advocate for her, to make sure that she's brought into the conversations that maybe otherwise she may not have been. And maybe if she isn't speaking up, asking her to speak up in the meeting, because that's not maybe something that has been embraced over the course of her career. 
Um, so that kind of allyship is really is really important. Um, we need men to support us. Um, we need women to support us. I do see a lot happening in the workplace with women supporting women so much more than from what I heard, you know, 20, 30 years ago was a very different environment among women in the workplace. And it feels like there's a lot of camaraderie happening today, which feels really good. And what's your best piece of career advice? Some of the best advice I got was actually from an investment banker who told me that life is a marathon, not a sprint, because as an entrepreneur, as a young person or anybody ambitious, you can be really impatient and want everything to happen period, and then everything to happen at once and for everything to be accelerated. And that's not really how life shows up. Sometimes it does. And for me earlier in my career, I got used to that. And that is how it worked. But that ends up getting pretty exhausting. Um, so thinking about the long term, thinking about the life I want in 10 years, thinking about the enterprise value I'm building in the company 10 years from now and not just short term revenue, right? You can apply this to all areas of your life. Uh, if you're looking farther out than uh, the race that could be the next six months or the next year versus the marathon, which really is what we're able to accomplish over the course of our careers and the legacies that we're building. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Sophia. To follow her journey, you can join her community at girlboss.com and find her on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, where she shares her adventures, self-help advice, appearances, and fashion. We hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guests provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in the form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com slash review now.